you've reached your destination. Welcome to Harmonic Headspace. Music for your psyche. Let's do this! Happy Sunday, everybody. This is Astro with Prosty. What's up? We are Harmonic Headspace, the icing to the cake that is your weekend. We are broadcasting live tonight from Wave Radio Boston Studios in a secure location in central Massachusetts. Way deep down in a concrete basement, bricks, guitars hanging on the walls. We're safe. Yeah, we're safe and it's dim in here, uh, but we're going to keep it sharp, baby. Yeah. So uh, welcome. Uh, We had a great show last week. What do we talk about last week? We wrapped up Neil Young with uh, some of his more uh, recent, uh, more challenging material. That's right. Uh, The feedback that we got was that, you know, a lot of it was hit or miss, but we kind of said that up front. Mm -hmm. Um, Got some hatred for... um, Greendale or Greenvale, as our <laughs> critic like to call it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, y- y- they can't all be zingers, right? Yeah, it was a good show. I learned a lot about Neil. Uh, I've been a fan of his for a long time, but I did lose track of him for many years during those off periods. Well, one thing I can share with you and the listeners, um, just announced this week, I think yesterday or the day before, uh, Neil's releasing a new live album from his European tour of 2019 with Promise of the Real. Remember how I was talking yeah. about how that tour, I saw the U.S. leg of it, and it was incredible. I mean, these guys, like, they cover the entire gamut of the type of music that Neil can play from, like, the slow acoustic country-ish stuff to, like, the crazy horse, like, rough and, and, and tumble electric stuff, and they do an awesome job with it. And, uh, yeah, he has a, a live album coming out with Promise of the Real, um, it was just announced this past week, so I would highly recommend checking it out when it drops. So his last tour was without Crazy Horse? No, um, yeah, it must have been. He hasn't yeah. toured since the pandemic. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely check it out. I mean, I, I'm a big Crazy Horse fan, you know? <laughs> no, I know, and, uh, you know, he plays definitely, he definitely plays Crazy Horse songs, but he also mm-hmm. plays other stuff, and it's, 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 it's exciting to hear him with a young band. It gives him a little, you can, t- you can sense the energy that he picks up from the youth. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, as Astra said, we are, li- we are uh, broadcasting live tonight, as we always do on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. You can call us at 617-829-9283, and you can text us at 617-764-9283. Texting's great, but give us a call on the Abrews listener line. We want to talk to you in yeah. real time. This is a good show for it, too, because this is a sort of a debate kind of show that we're doing. Prosty, why yeah. don't you let everybody know what's going on tonight? Yeah, so more about the future. This show, we will be playing... Um, I don't want to say questionable, but the the topic is lead singer or frontman. Yeah, it's a debatable thing, and it's open for interpretation. You know, I have, as I as any listener, long time listener would know, I have a lot of opinions about <laughs> things, and I definitely have some opinions. But I think there's a lot of gray area here, and uh, little pockets that you can group different singers into, and we're going to try to hit on as many of those as we can tonight. I will never promise to I 
There you go. There's some Foo Fighters. And it's still going. Yeah, that's weird. Thank you, Dave Grohl, for that extra little piece. Well, that song, La Di Da. I love that song. That's uh, from their Concrete and Gold album, which just came out a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, they put out lots and lots of great stuff. And, uh, you know, they they tour and they put out, uh, they start selling their tickets like months and months in advance, right? So when this album came out, it was like, at the same time they were selling tickets so i remember buying tickets getting tickets and the album came out like the next week i'm like please be good please be good you know because i know they're gonna play yeah, they're gonna play at least four or yeah. five songs off of it and i was like oh my fucking god they did it again I, I i couldn't believe it like putting out another album that when the first time i listened to it i was like i like that song i like that song this one's okay i like that song i like that song um, and Lottie Da is one of my favorite songs. And it's different, you know, like. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's sort of, a, it's less melodic. It's more of like an, an aggressive type of riff. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's, any albums of theirs come out where you were just like, ah, shit, this one kind of sucks? Uh, yeah, the, um, the one that came out uh, with a picture of the city on it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I don't remember the name, but I. Yeah. And highways, the, Sonic Highways? Yes, yeah. yeah. I didn't like that. Uh, that's the only one that I didn't, haven't really liked. That, that's not bad. It's pretty, yeah. pretty good average. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Foo Fighters, uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of being a front man versus a lead singer, uh, you know, it's tough. Like the easiest view of a front man is if it's a guy who just doesn't play an instrument. So like their instrument is carrying around the mic stand, spinning it, twirling it, doing stupid shit. Yeah. Girl can't do that because he needs to play guitar. Yeah. So uh, he's going to have mobility issues because he has to sort of be near a mic. Unless, you know, there are singers that have the old, uh, you know, the microphone around their head. Mm -hmm. You know, so they, yep. can, they, can, they can run around and shit. Mm -hmm. um, girl doesn't really do that. Um you know, he writes the songs, he sings the songs, he plays rhythm guitar. He may take a solo here or there. I don't know them well enough. But in terms of being like a theatrical frontman, I don't think he's that guy. I completely disagree. Uh, I've seen them like probably about 10 times. When Dave Grohl plays, even though he's got his guitar and he's standing in front of the mic, sometimes he still runs around like a crazy bastard. Like Springsteen probably, right? I've never seen Springsteen. Um, so he, he does run around, um, when he's at the mic, um, most of the time he's banging his head at the same force as like the entire first 13 rows. I mean, the guy is friggin' energy nuts. Well, I've seen, I mean, I've seen videos of them performing and I saw them years ago before mm -hmm. he is who he is now. Um, Springsteen too, like, yeah, I know you may not have seen him, but I mean, 2022 i'm sure you've seen some live footage of bruce springsteen and the e street band like yeah you the famous like he runs and he like slides and like yep. you know all sorts of shit like that that's i division Grohl sort of does a similar type thing i mean just mm -hmm. standing at a microphone and grimacing and smiling at the same time while banging your head that's i don't really see that as over the charismatic or showy well he i mean he does that but also like in between he talks he runs he he keeps the crowd going he's incredibly charismatic he's not just like come on let me see your hands no like no Ozzie not does. at all not at all i mean <laughs> he controls the crowd uh so yeah i mean i see your point it, it can go either way but I, I mean i see him as probably one of the greatest front men of all time uh but 
uh, you know, you can look at it both ways. Well, I mean, it, you know, not skipping the second song, the the supergroup, which, you know. But, Couple of Doug? Yeah, I know. But going to the first one, since Dave Grohl's in that band as well, yeah. in Nirvana, mm-hmm. you know, similar situation there. You know, even more so, though, because Kurt Cobain played every lick of guitar yep. on those songs, and he sang them all. Yep. And by definition, he had to be out front because they were a three-piece band, and he was mm-hmm. the singer and the guitarist. So I agree. Same said, as Dave Grohl in Foo Fighters. Not, not true. No, There's but like I mean, two other guitarists in that band. But what I'm saying is uh, Kurt Cobain is singing lead and playing guitar in front of the mic. Right. Just like Dave Grohl. No, not at all, because he's playing all of the guitar parts. Dave Grohl has two or two, three other guitars behind him playing. He's not responsible for all of the guitar. It's like Billy Corgan. Right. S- similarly, he's not. He'll play. Billy plays more lead than Grohl, but he definitely does not play all the guitar. There's another mm-hmm. two guitarists in the band now. Got it. With uh, Cobain, he played all the guitar. Obviously, Pat Smear played them at the end as well. But in terms of being a front man, it's like. I don't know if you can call him a front man because it's too much of a, he has too much of a day job, mm. you know, and he's yeah. not just singing. He's playing all the guitar. You know, he wrote the songs. Yeah. He sings them all. So you're coming in at it from a, how much am I bringing to the table perspective? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I think just the term front man sort of discredits people who do more than just sing a song and look cool doing it. Yeah. So my, my interpretation of front man is someone who, is charismatic and mm-hmm. um, they are singing most if not all of the lyrics uh, and the focus is on them obviously and they are entertaining not by just singing or playing guitar but by whatever they're doing mm-hmm. in front right yeah and I mean I think so it doesn't matter to me how many guitarists are behind them or not well if you're talking about being like a consummate showman like you, yes there's no more of a consummate showman than being the singer of a song that you didn't even write the lyrics to, that somebody else in the band wrote the lyrics and you're literally up there singing the song that they wrote. Mm-hmm. By definition, you are a frontman. You're up there singing a song. Mm-hmm. And particularly like if you're not playing any instruments or you're just strumming a rhythm guitar. I mean, if we're gonna talk like like frontman, like let's who would be your who would you consider to be the three prototypical frontmen in rock history? Robert Plant. Yep, no, played played a, a, a tambourine once in a while, and I agree. Yeah. Um, Roger Daltrey. Uh, again, tambourine once in a while. All these guys, they have a free pass to play a little bit of uh, rhythm guitar once they hit 60, and a lot of them do, mm-hmm. including Daltrey, but mm-hmm. yes. Um, I, I might go Steven Tyler. Yeah. Uh, but, See, I, I mean, from those my, are probably the first three I think of, but I'd probably come up with way more. Yeah, like, exactly, oh, but yeah. off the top of your head, like yeah, that's I, I would share Steven Tyler – I would say uh, Mick Jagger, consummate frontman. Yep. Um, and from there, it's it's a tough one because I can see Plant, but he didn't do an awful lot. Daltrey did oh, more. He, he swung. He his, danced he, and swung the thing. And ah, Daltrey did way more. I mean, he was famous for twirling the yeah. mic and yeah, yeah. like. Yeah, totally. But even those guys, like Steven Tyler, was doing like backflips and shit. Yeah. You know, oh, like David Lee Roth. And that, that's the other five. guy. That's the other guy. He would be top three, in my opinion, in terms mm-hmm. of guys whose most talented contribution to a band was being up front on stage singing and looking sort of peacocky. Yeah. As right. David Lee Roth, particularly yeah. like when I'm talking about like singing songs that he didn't write the lyrics to. Right. David Lee Roth's a guy up there just going there singing songs that somebody else wrote. 
But uh, that's totally cool. But you're he saying, made him his own. So are you saying that Kurt Cobain is the front man? No. You're saying he's a lead singer. I'm saying he's he's a singer. He's more than a front man. That's what I'm saying. David Lee Roth is a front man. He did nothing but sing songs and, and look like a stud. And that was basically yeah. it. Same with Daltrey. Yeah. Kurt Cobain, I think you would be insulting by calling him just a lead singer or a front man because he was so much more than that. Like mm. even discounting who wrote what in the band, he played all of the guitar. Yeah. So I would call Cobain. So I would call Cobain a little bit of both, but... I think the the kicker here for this particular discussion mm -hmm. is Cobain did not want to be a frontman. He oh, hated no. being in the limelight. He hate and he wasn't charismatic. He and, wanted a different. He wanted a, a singer for the band. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, so I think the world would be like, oh, greatest frontman of all time. Yeah, Kurt Cobain's in the top ten. I would say no. But I'd also argue that I don't care what he wanted or what he didn't want. What was his actual role in the band? Yes. Yeah, I agree. But I would also agree that he was more of a cultural icon and yeah. voice of a generation than an actual front man exactly. of his and band. Exactly, and I think that's what other people might get right. hung up on. Right. All right, Temple of the Dog. We have Chris Cornell, one of the greatest singers of all time. Is he a front man or is he a lead singer? Well, this is an interesting one because I would argue that for Temple of the Dog... He was a front man. I don't know that he even played guitar because they had other. They had two other guitarists in the band, right? Mm -hmm. But for Soundgarden, I would argue that he was not necessarily a front man because he played a substantial amount of guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, Audio Slave is an interesting one because think about it. Rage, Zach was clearly a front man. He didn't yep. play any instruments. Mm -hmm. So Morello was used to handling... 100% of the guitar parts. Mm -hmm. So then you bring in Chris Cornell, who's used to chipping in in Soundgarden, and now suddenly it's like, well, you could play guitar, but you really don't have to because you'll probably end up just messing up Morello because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't see Morello playing guitar with others all that well. Yeah. I know he did it in the E Street Band for a while. He filled in. Yeah. Uh, and Bruce asked him to, but obviously mm -hmm. that's a different situation. Mm -hmm. And when we saw Audio Slave, Cornell did not play much guitar. He didn't if he played any at all. Right. So I would argue that he's a front man in every band he was in except for his original band. Soundgarden. I mean, refute me if you want, but I think as a pure front man, he was more so in Temple of the Dog and Audio Slave. I agree, yeah. Uh, and Soundgarden, I, I would say he's probably could be a front man, but he he's more he, of a lead singer. Yes, but he probably is. I mean, you yeah. remember that, that famous video of them opening for uh, Guns N' Roses on the Use Your Illusion tour and mm -hmm. doing Jesus Christ pose with a shirt off, just arms yeah. wide, just singing because it wasn't, he didn't play guitar. That part of the song it was all Kim. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty godlike front man shit right there. Right. All right, let's jump to some more.
up and down Cascading in blue without a sound Now I've traded my black feathers for a crown So feed me milk and honey, lay me down Lay me down There we go, Black Crow Soul Singing from their album Lions. Lions, I love Lions. Yes, great album. Uh, underrated Black Crow's album, big yeah, time. Very much big time underrated. Mm-hmm. It came out after the initial five that people yeah. really like. Yep. 
um, and it had a stinker in between, at least in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, what uh, the fuck was it? I'm a picture in the album cover. I hate it so much. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I by mean, your side. By your side. Yeah, came out between three snakes and uh, lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so lions is a return to form. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Robinson, Robinson. I think he's a consummate frontman. I agree. Uh, he especially in the '90s, a guy who was all over the place. He was mm-hmm. basically a singer. Uh, like many frontmen, you know, like Robert Plant, like his his he basically whipped out a, a, a harmonica. Yeah. And Steven Tyler. Funny story. Uh, he Chris Robinson got his first harmonica and he fart, start, farted. He started playing harmonica uh, from the tour when they were opening for Aerosmith and the pump tour. Steven Tyler gave him his first harmonica. Wow. Um, and he started playing it at that point. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. He's one of the great frontmen of all frontmen of all time. Um Again, he, he's you know the older guy now, so he, he's he's allowed to go up there with an acoustic guitar, or even electric, once in a while, just to strum a couple notes so he can stand still and not get too tired. Yep. Uh, before that, we heard Allison Chains. Over now, Jerry Cantrell, lead singer or frontman? <sighs> Definitely not frontman. Lane Staley was frontman. Yeah, he's not even the lead singer. Well, not on that song, but I mean, he was their lead singer for the no. Most but part. I mean, uh, Lane Staley is right, not even saying. the lead singer. Yeah. For he that lead, song, he was the lead singer for that song. He sang over now. Yeah, no shit. I'm saying Lane Staley was the was the front man of Allison Chains. Right. He just didn't sing lead on that song. Correct. Yeah. So, um, Jerry Cantrell, not front man. No. And not lead singer. Nope. Just, but singing that song. Well, and the songwriter. And you know, I also yes. wonder how many of these songs that were sung by Jerry were sung by Jerry because they were running out of studio time and they couldn't get Lane to the studio or, yeah, or right. wake him the fuck up. Yep. Um, and I, 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 that's a legitimate question, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look back to got me wrong. One of the great early Alice in Chains songs off of their EP sap, which came out like, I think right after facelift. Yeah. Um, and that's all Jerry Cantrell. So, yeah, I mean, you look at Alice in Chains and they have two singers. Jerry is not the lead singer, but he is one of one of the two singers and you know lane is a front man but i don't know how crazy was he was he crazy was he well, charismatic he, he, or? Didn't, he didn't play any instruments and you can only be so charismatic when you're junkie exactly and, so i don't think he was he, a front man but he also sang a lot of lyrics that jerry wrote so again oh yeah he he wrote his own as well obviously he sang those but mm-hmm. he didn't play any instruments he was the guy out front with an entire band behind him whether he was a good front man or not he was a front man right Okay, I get that. At least in, in my opinion, you know, yeah. I, you know, this is you know, this isn't like a Supreme Court ruling right, type right. situation, <laughs> but you know, as as frontmen go, we have a five piece band, four of them play instruments and one doesn't. Yeah, you know, their their jobs to be out front. Yep. Yeah. I Whether or not they accept it, <laughs> right? Or they're good at it and charismatic. And, right. Yeah. Well, clearly, I mean, prior to him getting totally whacked out and strung out, he was a charismatic singer. I mean, you know, his voice, the way he carried himself. You know, I, I think. You know, you see the you see the footage of them. And I know it was for the movie, but you see them performing, uh, in, in the singles movie. And he was he wasn't just standing still. I mean, yeah. he was, you know, out there jumping around, bringing energy to the show. Mm-hmm. And before that, Stone Temple Pilots, Sour Girl, Scott Weiland. Yeah, similar situation, similar junkie situation. Yeah, um, but it, I I would say that Scott Weiland as a charismatic frontman 
was head and shoulders above Lane, Lane Staley in an entertainment frontman perspective. Yeah, I mean, and he did it for two bands too. Yeah, you know, and Nothing and you could argue that Lane did it as well because he did it for Mad Season, but yeah, but you know, you can call that a one-off project. Uh, you could argue that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, that's that's a tougher one. I think Scott Scott Weiland was a, a great singer. Um, I think he wrote some really interesting lyrics, and he was a front man. Like he didn't mm-hmm. play an instrument. You know, he was a guy who was out there. But his interestingly, he was basically fronting a three piece band. So there were three guys behind him. They had one guitarist. He played all the guitar parts, and Scott basically just sang. Yeah. And when he joined Velvet Revolver, he did the same thing, but there were two guitarists. It yeah. wasn't just Slash. There was that other guy, Dave, who made the hats and shit, who <laughs> played backup. They yeah. tried to get Izzy, and Izzy wouldn't do it. Did really? you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. They they ended up getting this other guy because Izzy Stradlin wouldn't do it. Interesting. Uh, I think Scott Weiland was one of the great frontmen of all time, too, just because of his presence on stage. Right. And I think that, to me, the definition frontman is weighs more... To me, then, did they write music? How many other guitarists were there in the band? Blah, blah, blah. For me, it's it's about what did you bring? How entertaining were you while you were on stage in front? Well, and some guys need to do it by jumping around and peacocking like David yep. Lee Roth, mm-hmm. like Steven Tyler. Yeah, but that's then, a front man to me. Then other guys do it with their voices. And I think Scott, Scott Weiland was closer to that. I think Steve Perry was was more a frontman. He didn't play any instruments, right? Oh, he and, was a he was definitely and, a frontman, and and but not because he was theatrical and jumped around, but because his voice was. Uh, he was theatrical and jumped around too, though. Steve Steve Perry, yeah, from Journey, yeah. Or am I thinking of the other guy? Uh, you're thinking of Arnell, yeah. Arnell is no, crazy. Steve Perry is just a regular. At least jump. in all the videos that I've seen, he wasn't like running around, jumping around. He was he was a, he was a lead singer, yeah. But he was a front man, clearly. He didn't mm-hmm. play any instruments. He was, you know. Another way to look at it is if you're seeing this band in concert, are all the girls in the audience screaming for the lead singer's name or somebody else's name? Well, it's always the lead singer. It doesn't matter. It's not always, but. For the girls? It's yeah. mostly. For the dudes, it, it, it's not. For the yeah. dudes, it's like, I love this drummer. New peers on you. Come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and all the girls are like, get here. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. <laughs> no one's like, I love you, Justin Chancellor. You're so hot. No, I'm like, Les Claypool, I want you to be my baby daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, here's here's a double, uh, a double duo that I want to play and uh, see what y'all think, y'all being Astorino.
Bonzo and the boys with Misty Mountain Hop off of Led Zeppelin 4. The Ruins. Zoso. Zoso, whatever you want to call it. The fourth Led Zeppelin yeah. album. Yeah. You know why I wanted to play Misty Mountain Hop? When when you look at Led Zeppelin's albums, right? Um, one, two, three, four, Zoso, and uh, and on up. And then and you look at the songs they put out. And um, Stairway to Heaven is looked at as the greatest song of all time you know i mean in many circles that's the one yes it's, yeah, it's, it's the other free bird yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think it blows away free bird uh but if you ask me what song i want to hear from led zeppelin 4 it's never that i'm choosing misty mountain hop it's just got more energy i mean um Stairway to Heaven is great for many reasons because there's so much in it, you know, changes and solos and all this stuff. But Misty Mountain Hop just has this energy that is like unparalleled. Like whenever I hear Misty Mountain Hop, I feel good. I'm moving, you know, it's like, so yeah, I, I had to choose that one for this one. Well, for me on that album, I mean, I don't know what I would pick as if I had to pick a song to play off of Led Zeppelin four. I, I don't know what I would pick, but I know the eighth song on the list would be Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> really? <laughs> so or seventh? I don't I don't remember if there's seven or eight songs on that album. I think there's eight. Yeah, I don't. But remember. literally like four sticks, when the levee breaks, yeah. Black Dog, Rock and Roll, Misty Mountain Hop. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Am I missing one? I think I'm missing yeah, one. Um, Battle of Evermore. Battle of Evermore. Eh, that's probably down there too, along with Stairway to Heaven. But, I like the heart version of it. Uh, yeah, I kind of do too. But those other, you take those two sort of slow songs out, and those other ones mm-hmm. are just fucking killers. All of them. Yeah. Probably, I would probably pick when the levee breaks. Yeah, that's a great. And, and the song. Be- have you ever seen uh, the live version on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction where Neil Young plays with them? No. And they do when the levee breaks. Oh my god. Check that out, dude. That's it is cool. great. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, again, Misty Mountain Hop. When you it, compared to Stairway to Heaven, it, it's comparable, you know, for different reasons. And Robert Plant, lead singer or frontman? Oh, he's one of the top frontmen um, of all time. Yeah, I mean, he uh, plays a little tambourine here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, he asks if anybody can remember laughter. I mean, he's a frontman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a showman. He's uh, he he's uh, I mean, he's not the jumping around guy, but I mean, if you if you see some of the early stuff, like in the '60s, like '70, '71, like he was definitely moving around. Had, yeah, he had the, dances, the hair going, he's got swinging those the mic, jeans, and all that. Yeah, yeah the, the thing is, I think what everybody sees, what they think of as Robert Plant performing, was the uh, song remains the same That's yeah. from the movie, where, yep. which was the very end of the houses of the holy tour and the band was completely wrecked by that point and yep. fairly low energy and sloppy mm-hmm. and i think that's you see like you know robert plant you know getting kind of chubby you know his <laughs> stomach hanging out you know hand up singing just standing still it's like you don't see that as charismatic frontman but you don't need to be yeah he's robert plant he's the he's the he's the golden god you yeah. know like he's he's the front man all lights on him right yep. exactly yeah uh totally agree um, all right, so this next one, these next two are a cool one, and I like that we did this. We have two Van Halen songs, one, uh, Running With The Devil with David Lee Roth, and two, Why Can't This Be Love with Sammy Hagar. Mm-hmm. Uh, start with Running With The Devil, David Lee Roth, frontman or clear frontman one of the few clear, one yeah. of the few that did acrobatics and crazy shit and like all the scarves and jumps like he, he was he was he was one of the prototypical frontmen from yeah. the from the mid 70s he almost redefined what frontmen mean frontman means by doing all of those crazy jumps and stuff Dude, he, he tore he tore spandex crotch in the jump video <laughs> yeah i mean the, the dude i mean the song was called jump and he went for it yeah um, mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. Didn't play any instruments. Uh, I don't think he wrote all the lyrics either. So he was singing other guys' lyrics, which mm-hmm. for me, I think is a, you know, you're a front man. Like you're, you're, you're the guy who's singing the songs. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily write them, but you're the one delivering them. Yep. I think with Sammy, it's a different story. I yep. mean, he, he, I'm sure there were plenty of songs where he just held the microphone in his hand, but there was probably more where he actually had a guitar. Uh, he played guitar in almost all the songs. Plus the whole over thirty, under thirty thing too. Like you gotta yeah, remember, old. David Lee Roth was a lot younger mm-hmm. when he was doing his frontman shtick. I think you can fairly call it a shtick. The guy yeah. had a pretty shitty voice, and it was all about the looks. Yep. Uh, Sammy had a better voice, but he was older, and you know maybe he was jumping around doing that crazy shit when he played in the you know seventies with Montrose, but certainly he wasn't doing it with Van Halen. When he joined Van Halen, he had already had a successful musical career are fully successful career. yeah fronting bands uh having a solo career mm-hmm. i mean i can't drive 55 was a pretty decent hit yeah. around the time 1984 was, was out you yep. know yep absolutely um i can't wait till we do our van halen show uh i'm one of the guys who um likes van hagar and van halen the same i will not choose i don't think there are many to be honest 
I don't really like either of them, but I don't really dislike either of them either. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of neutral on both. Most people I know have a clear, I like this one better. Uh, and it's usually they like Dave. I mean, that's the, it's the way it is with all bands. You usually like the earlier the stuff guy. more, and you yeah. like the first guy. But I think Van Halen's a unique situation where they had a guy come in who was every bit as good, if not better, but in a different way. Like oh, they, yeah. they didn't try to just bring in a second Dave. They were like, we're going to go in a different direction. And they yeah. pulled it off, man. Like nobody yeah. before them. Maybe ACDC. But even then, I think Brian Johnson was very similar to Bon Scott yeah. vocally. Uh, yeah, I agree. But when Sammy Hagar came, he brought songwriting, right? better singing, and another guitar. Yeah, it was I huge. Mean, those three, th- I mean, David could not do any of that. No. What he could do is sing songs and jump around and look cool. And look cool, right. right. Which was cool. And, I mean, his voice wasn't horrible. Like, I like I like hearing his voice, like a Mean Street. and I mean, there's a lot of yeah, good stuff. Yeah, the studio recordings from the 70s. Yeah. Seeing him in concert, even mm-hmm. in the 80s, mm-hmm. it's sort of like a Vince Neil situation, but not as drastic. You know? And their attitude when they were with Van, when it, uh, with uh, David Lee Roth was a little bit dirtier. Yeah, I mean, they, they were more along the, the, the path of like Led Zeppelin in the 70s, like just destroying hotel rooms, yeah. you know, screwing underage groupies, you know, like that was their thing. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, you know, obviously, you know, still plenty of coke and whatnot going on. It's not like mm-hmm. Van Halen suddenly became choir boys in 1980, you know, 86 or yeah. whenever the, the, but, they got but there, they but they were a little older. Professional musicians. Yes. Right. Not band guys. I mean, they they're now musicians, acclaimed musicians. Well, and, I mean, you know? Eddie Van Halen was always an acclaimed musician from day one. But I think they were they were like going they were going after like the Viking crown in the seventies. Yeah. And once once they switched lead singers, I think you know they were getting older. They probably all had families going at that point. Yeah. More professional is kind of what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and and I think production style changed yeah. too, which helped taking them. everything more seriously about well, I, music. I, and I think a lot of that was uh, what Sammy brought in terms of maturity to the band. Exactly. I mean, you, you remove probably the least mature member of yeah. the band yep. who had all the lime. Well, I shouldn't say all the lime. But obviously, Eddie Van Halen was a legend from day one, but. You know, you take out David Lee Roth's influence and you bring in a professional like Sammy and you're going to see the band's rough edges sort of smooth out a little more for yeah. better or for worse. Yeah, totally. So I, I we've had uh, Van Halen versus Van Hagar on our list for since like day one. This has been on the list for like two years and uh, I'm, I'm excited to do that. And I want to bring in, I mean, I know Storrs is going to love that show, but I want to bring in someone else who has a strong opinion on one or the other. Just well, like stores, yeah. you know, stores is more of a Van Halen fan than I. He went through a phase where he went and got all their albums, and like he knows stuff that yep. I definitely don't. Um, I've pretty much avoided the Van Halen thing. I, I think I had 1984 in vinyl when I was a kid when it came out. Mm. I've heard obviously all their hits and a few deeper cuts stuff on the radio, but I'm not pretending to be a Van Halen fan by any stretch of the imagination. I would enjoy the show. I'm sure you're going to play good stuff, but I'm not going to be able to bring much insight yeah well that's why i want to bring another guy who right. who's passionate about one or the other because i think that'll be a cool do you have any specific person in mind no not yet i need to i want to ask around and mm-hmm. find someone who has because i think stores likes hagar better i don't know he might i don't i don't know for sure i think he does well we'll find out and then we'll bring in someone else who has the opposite just to bring you know because they're bringing more more facts and mm-hmm. opinions that are based on some kind of story. So that, I think that would be cool. 
All right. So uh, let's jump into some more lead singer slash frontman.
God, we're looking for songs to kill and we play that bullshit. Yeah, I wanted to play something. It, I always like to stick in something from a great band that was just not good that they did and was a hit. Yeah, well, because the 80s of the time, the '80s were very questionable in everything. Yes, exactly. And that you, was you told me Top. that was a hit, and I it was alive at that time, and I kind of like ZZ Top. I don't remember that at all. That hit number twenty-three on the UK charts and number twenty-two on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. That's not a hit. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's on, not. And it reached number five on the album Rock Tracks chart. Ooh. <laughs> That was terrible. That was played. Trap drums. That was terrible. I know. I agree. Overplayed. Um, it it was, wasn't even overplayed. I never even heard it, man. That song was sucked. Uh, <laughs> and I yeah. love ZZ Top, man. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I, didn't I wanted a, to show I didn't have you. an opportunity to pick a good ZZ Top song. Mm. Well, every once in a while, you got to learn learn the pain, man. Oh, I've heard that. That, that song is on my phone. I fast forward it whenever it comes on, and I hear the, <laughs> the icy synthesizers at the beginning. I'm like, wait, this says ZZ Top. This has to either be from Recycler or some other bullshit. Afterburner. Exactly. That's yeah. the other bullshit. Yep. Exactly. No, I wasn't uh, Legs on Afterburner? No. That was on uh, uh, Eliminator, uh, which was basically ZZ Top's Let's Dance. Uh, Velcro Fly was on that. And Afterburner. Yeah, and uh, which one? The uh, TV Dinner, what was that on there too? Or no, that's the no. wrong one. No. Sleeping Bag, right? was on there? Yeah, Sleeping Bag was on there. That one's pretty good. She played Sleeping Bag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and Frank Beard, was he even playing those drums? Yeah. It's just sad, disappointing. The guy. I mean, he's not the yeah. best drummer in the world, but he certainly deserves better than that. Yeah. All <laughs> right, so let's talk about the real question. Billy Gibbons. Fun no. man. He, he, lead singer. He's Kurt Cobain's similar. That's right. Uh, he plays all singer. the guitar parts. He's a lead singer, but he sing. He doesn't sing all the songs. Uh, right. Lagrange was sung by Dusty. Yep. Um, a bunch of other songs were sung by Dusty as well. Yep. I don't know off the top of my head, mm -hmm. but uh, no. I mean, he's he, he, calling him a, calling him a front man would be disrespectful to everything he does for the band. Yeah. I mean, well, he's not charismatic. I mean, he he's all biz. He's all business. Yeah. Blues ass business and, yep. and, and whatever that bullshit was in the 80s. Yep, absolutely. All right, good. A lead singer. Lead uh, singer. All right, before that, I just threw this one in because I wanted to hear Sabotage. Uh, this one has three front men. Three front men. No, they're yes. MCs, man. Rap's different. It's a band. There are three people doing lyrics. There are three people on stage jumping around. When they're jumping around, they're not a band; they're a group. When they when they have their instruments and they're playing like sabotage, then I agree they are a band. Um, the funny thing is, like when they started off, like when they were Cookie Puss and they had that uh, girl, a woman, Kate, in the band. Yep. They, they were more of a traditional band. They Everybody played. played an instrument, yep. and uh, you know, I think was uh, Ad Rock was the main singer at mm -hmm. that point. He was the guitarist and the singer. Mm -hmm. I think Kate played keyboards. Obviously, Ad Rock played bass, and uh, not Ad Rock. MCA played bass, and Mike D played drums. Mm -hmm. But when they were rapping, like three MCs and one DJ, and one DJ, that's a group, and they're rapping and they're MCs. I don't okay. think it counts. So it wasn't. They're not lead singers or frontmen. No, they're MCs. They're MCs. Ah, and they have the three ooh. of them, and they have one DJ, and they be getting down with no delay. <laughs> Nice. I like it. Adding a little bit of spice to the program. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, we could have gone with something a little less vanilla and sabotage, but that's fine. That's all right. I want to hear that song too. <laughs> uh, all right. And we started off with 
here's a good one. Bertha by Grateful Dead. That's Jerry singing. Yeah, no. What is he? They had they had a front man and his name was Pigpen. Yeah. Um. So Jerry didn't he get like like a abducted by aliens and never seen again or something like that? No, he got liver cancer and died, but sure. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, Jerry was a, a reluctant leader of the band. He always he always just wanted to be a guy in the band, but that was never going to be the case uh, with his guitar abilities and his singing. Mm-hmm. But clearly, you know, you're not going to see Jerry Garcia jumping around or, you know, no. coming, off the, coming off the amps or well, anything. Well, I mean, he and Bob switched off songs. Yeah, they switched off songs. Bob was more of the charismatic guy. Like, he would be... You know the front man i think like if it but they switched off songs so yeah they you know both of them sang lead at different times sometimes yep. within the same song yeah um so yeah there's there's really there's no front man at the great for the grateful dead and outside of pig pen nope yep lead singers though all right back in baby back in The man gave me the news He said, you must be joking, son Where did you get those shoes? Where did you get those shoes? 
All right, that is, I just learned the band that gave Rush their big break, Kiss. <laughs> yes, and Gene, uh, Gene has never stopped uh, touting the fact that oh, they, they, they found that talent. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, he uh, likes to tout himself. Yes, he definitely <laughs> likes to toot his own horn. Self-touter. Uh, so that's Tears Are Falling by Kiss. Um, I love that song, but that album sucks. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the first album they did with, with no makeup. And I think Crazy Nights was after that. And, um, you know, I, I like Kiss a lot. Um, wasn't a huge fan when I was younger, but kind of grew to uh, get it. And, and um, I mean, they do a lot of different sounding stuff. And uh, some of it's more punky some of it's the, the that song there tears are falling is more kind of like melodic and um it's just different different sounding than a lot of the other kiss stuff um but yeah great song and that is sung by paul stanley is he a front man he's uh he's their main singer he's yeah. not you know gene sings a lot obviously as well but mm -hmm. he i think he's their front man i mean he's the guy in the center of the stage yep but he plays guitar yeah he He's plays a rhythm, guitar rhythm and guitarist. sings right. and sings sometimes. I would say that um, I don't know. That Kiss a front doesn't man. have a front man. Their, their whole their whole getup is is all show. Like yes. the whole thing. It's totally. not. There's not just a singer out there prancing around. They're all prancing around. Yes, they are. But Gene, Kiss is a brand. In terms of theatrics, yo, they're more a brand than a band. Obviously, yes. I mean. But yeah. in terms of theatrics, Gene's a theatrics guy. He's a guy yes. blowing fire, spitting yeah. blood. Sticking out his tongue. You know, playing shitty bass, <laughs> singing shitty songs. Yeah. You know, that, yes, exactly. <laughs> the tongue thing. Like, So he's the theatrics guy in the band, but yeah. Paul is like the front yeah. the front guy. Yeah. But that said, I don't know he's necessarily a front man. He's just, you know, their lead singer for most of the songs. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's a good one because they... They don't, uh, you can't really say that they have a front man or a lead singer, yet they're a influence, one of the most influential rock bands. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Which about is pretty that. cool. I don't know who they influenced. Can you name a band they influenced? <laughs> oh, I, I okay. can't tell you <laughs> who influences other they bands. They sold a lot of, they sold a lot sold of albums. Over 100 million albums, yeah. 30 gold albums. Um, yeah. I mean, they're obviously one of the most. They're uh, the I, hottest I band say, in the you can't account for taste, man. People are going to buy stuff. You yeah. know, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, you can't prove that they're influenced without asking a whole bunch of people and people saying, yes, check the box in case influence me. Well, I can actually, I can name a few. Um, and I don't know that they actually influenced the style of music that these people got into, but they definitely were fans of the band growing up. And I know Tom Morello is a big one. Oh, really? But there's no influence whatsoever of Kiss's music in Rage Against the Machine. And honestly... How, how I don't understand what Kiss does that other people would pl would play and say, well, that's an influence, unless it's the aesthetic and the concept of putting on an entertaining show. Yeah. Um, but musically, yeah, eh, I agree. They I didn't know, really do anything new and unique and different. Yeah, or much very good either. But they had <laughs> they had a they had a draw. I mean, they they yeah. still do. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had great hooks. They had hooks. And they, they had, I mean, and people love great hooks and great songs. Right. And they just, they were great at putting out great lyrics and great hooks and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that they 
did something different and better and new and unique. Well, and that's why it's... And that's what I think would, it, is what is behind influence, right? An influential band is something, is someone who does something and you're like, whoa, that's never been done before. Yeah. I like that little piece of what they're doing and I'm going to try that in my own music. Well, it, it, for, for me, it's almost painful the way we had those two bands right there back to back because you look at Kiss and they had all the success in the world, the platinum albums, the gold albums, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, like the giant fan base and the band we played before them was Devo who actually had all that influential stuff. You, you, you yeah. go and if you look at all the acceptance speeches for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees and you count how many times Devo was mentioned by somebody being inducted as an influence and you go back and listen to how many times anybody mentioned kiss yeah and you know there's a difference the thing is sometimes influential artists don't necessarily translate to mainstream or pop success yeah and i think that's sort of the, the difference between what we're seeing in terms of influence versus popularity yeah i totally agree i love that all right let's do it Change that. 
there's no direct light and a thin veil of clouds keeps the stars out of sight I can smell the colors outside on my lawn the moist green organic that my feet tread upon and the black so overwhelmed by old factory hues Mr. Michael Gordon so overwhelmed by old factory hues by old factory hues by old factory That was a little live fish with Lawn Boy. That song was uh, sung by Paige McConnell, their keyboard player. That was a different version. It was a live one. Yeah, when I put it in, I expected Lawn Boy. It was Lawn Boy. I know, but I expected the one that I knew. <laughs> it's the same song. Just, yeah. Just live. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, Fish definitely does not have a front man. Uh, nope. They have four guys who sing. Uh, Trey sings a majority of the songs, yep. but Mike and, and Paige sing a lot of songs, and even uh, the drummer Fishman sings once in a while, too, mm-hmm. when he's not playing drums or playing uh, uh, <laughs> playing drums or playing vacuum cleaner. <laughs> right. Uh, and I, I like having bands that don't have front metal lead singers. Yeah, I, I, that's, I think my favorite bands are bands where it's not the same person singing every single song because as they get older, it's tougher for them to continue to do that. And I'd rather see multiple musicians being able to sing songs. The Beatles. The Beatles, exactly. But uh, they just they threw in the towel on, on performing anyway. There's a shame. Like, technology wasn't ready to be able to support the kind. Like, they play Shea Stadium, and nobody that wasn't in the very front could actually even hear them. Really? They couldn't hear themselves. Really? Yeah. They, they, they stopped touring because the technology wasn't there for them to be able to tour. If they had 70s technology in the 60s, they probably could have kept touring. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, so that that's Fish. So similar to them, another band that we didn't play is actually The Band, where like Lee Von Helm, their drummer, actually sang probably the majority, if not most, of their songs. And then you'd have uh, their piano player, uh, uh, Rich Richard, uh, he'd play, he'd sing songs, and then their bass player, uh, would uh, Rick Danko, would also sing some songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was mostly Lee Von. But again, no front man. These guys are, you know, they're the consummate band, and they're just, you know, guys sing songs, but there's not like a lead guy out front jumping up and down and hooting and hollering mm-hmm. and shit. The Eagles. Uh, similar. Yeah. No, no front guy. Obviously, Glenn nope. Fry was out in front, but Don Henley sang yeah. just as many songs. Joe Walsh sang um, occasional well, I mean, he joined the band like later on. Yeah. He's like a plug-in guy. Bass but player played one, sang yeah. one. Yeah, one pretty big hit too. I can't tell you why. <laughs> I hate that song. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of bands. It's sort of in the in the mold of the Grateful Dead, where they play a lot of different singers in the band. Nobody's really a front man necessarily, but you know, there's always going to be somebody who sings the majority of the songs. Yeah. Uh, we forgot to talk about Steely Dan in the segment before. We did because uh, we had such a such a engaging discussion about Kiss and Devo. Yes. <laughs> um, so Steely Dan, uh, you know, it's interesting because when they started out, they were a five piece band for like their first three albums, and Donald Fagan was the keyboard player, and he never wanted to be the lead singer, but they never could find anybody. And after their first album. Uh, Denny left the band, Denny Diaz, who sang a lot of the songs. But when they were a five-piece band, they weren't like an equal five parts. No, no, because Donald Fagan, Fagan and Becker show. wrote wrote both wrote yeah. all the songs. Right. So at some point, they were just like, "All right, we don't need the rest of these guys. We're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna write the songs. We're gonna bring the best musicians I'm for James. each song. I don't need you." Yeah. So they stopped touring like the Beatles did, um, and just made a bunch of albums that were fantastic. They were huge hits. But nobody ever got to see him live until they came back, Becker, Fagan, and the Steely Dan Orchestra in the 90s and started playing all these songs. And it's just been fantastic. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Walter Becker is uh, deceased probably a few years back. But they're still touring as Steely Dan. And actually, um, uh, Storrs and I are seeing them next weekend. Nice. Where are you seeing them? Uh, Great Woods. Nice. So that's going to be a good time. Cool. A Saturday show. There's a three-piece jazz band opening. So I'm going to try to get stores to get in there early. If he won't if he won't go in early, he can sit out in the parking lot and drink beers by himself. I'm going in to see the jazz band. Yeah, there you go. Nice. I was at uh, the Beehive this morning, uh, which is a bar restaurant on Tremont Street for a jazz brunch. Nice. And it was a three-piece jazz band playing and oh my god you know last night i went to see blue man group yeah and a nice musical weekend oh it was so good and like i'm obviously the most um in love with with music out of all the people that we went with Mm -hmm. um i'm the only musician so and i was just blown away by blue man group and i want to get that album because their sound is just they have a soundtrack for the show have you checked i'm going to check yeah uh i need to check they must i mean they've been in they've been doing this for so long yeah. like they're they're gonna turn over every rock of revenue potential <laughs> yeah yeah and you're not the only person i'm sure looking for that because that band is awesome yeah they were great uh and then this morning here in the jazz band and i was like I, I i said to my buddy um who's a music fan too but i was like these guys what they're doing now is in a just a different universe than what you see when you go see mm-hmm. a cover band play on Saturday night and they're playing like friggin' Don't Stop Believing, you know? Right. I'm like, they are in another world and and improvising and playing scales and arpeggios mm-hmm. and and it's 
just so different. You should come see Steely Dan with Stores and I. We don't we don't really have tickets yet. We're just going to get them. <laughs> we don't really. You should come. We don't have tickets. <laughs> well, we do, but the plan we got cheap tickets, uh, yeah. like just barely better than Lawn, with the intention of what I've experienced over time. And maybe I shouldn't give the secret out on the air, but I'm going to do it anyway. If you go to shows at Great Woods and they're not sold out. You can actually go in with your tickets and then go and get upgrades while you're there for like, you use your phone. It's an app you can only use when you're in the venue and you can actually pay like 10, 15, 20 bucks and upgrade to a better section. Oh, that's cool. While you're in the show. Nice. So I've gotten to a point where if we're going to see a show that it's not going to sell out, which buy like lawn tickets, get in there and then upgrade to like section six under the pavilion. Um, So that's the plan. The stores, I have two cheap tickets, but if you want to come with us and get you a third cheap tickets, not with us, and then we just upgrade together and get three seats together up front. Uh, that's a great idea. I'll, let's, I'll let's text discuss you. more. Yeah. yeah, we'll do. Yeah. Uh, but first let's discuss the last other band that we have not talked about. Green day, Green Billy day. Joe Armstrong front man. No question. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree. Cause they do, they've, they bring on, they bring a touring guitarist with them to fill in a lot of the parts and he is, yeah, he's the guy he's, he's getting older now too, but he runs around like he's a front man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, we have two more songs, but I'm going to kill one. Yes. And I'm going to play one more song with an obvious front man.
Bomb track, Rage Against the Machine, Zach De La Roca, a frontman with a fro. Yeah, he is also one of the quintessential frontmen of all time. I would go on a limb to say it. Um, you know, I think he served his place in that band. He didn't play any instrument whatsoever, clearly. Oh, my and, God. Uh, but he brought more energy to a stage than I can. I mean, I would rather see Rage Against the Machine than Van Halen with David Lee Roth. Well, when, you're seeing them soon, right? I'm seeing them, yes, uh, August 6th, I think, in Madison Square Garden. Is that like a weekday show or something it's or a weekend? Saturday night. Uh, it's a Friday night or Saturday night. Damn, I've never seen Rage. Uh, neither have I. It's one of my bucket lists. Nice. I missed them uh, like twice, I think. I, yeah. I, don't know, I didn't have tickets, but I was like, I'm, I'm couldn't go. I missed them twice. The first time was when they were supposed to be touring with the Beastie Boys in Ooh. 2000. Yeah. And that's when uh, MCA's... No, it wasn't even It wasn't even the cancer diagnosis. It was uh, fucking Mike D broke his leg. Uh, and they had to cancel the tour, mm-hmm. and then Rage broke up. Yeah. And then they got back together, and they're supposed to be playing Boston Calling this year or last year, and then the pandemic hit, and that got pushed out, and then they end up you know, jumping off, and they weren't even there. Yeah. So who did you have a ticket with that you're going to be kicking off the ballot so we can go? my wife yeah sorry Bren. <laughs> uh you you said it not me <laughs> uh she's ex- as excited as i am oh uh, and she's seen them before um, oh so she's seen them before okay yeah. she saw them at Lollapalooza. yeah back in the 90s yeah. probably when they were really good she doesn't need to see them now they're well, probably old she's like, and shit i mean she's like we are she's like i saw them at Lollapalooza. i don't feel like i got the right experience there's too many people uh, you know, she's like, I, I want to see. Fair. That's yeah, fair. Totally. I mean, uh, I totally agree. So I'll uh, find her a single. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but totally, I can't wait to go see. That's like there are three bands that I haven't seen that are that major regrets for me. Um, one is Alice in Chains, mm-hmm. which I can still see, mm, but not, not the with me. Right. Uh, two is Nirvana. Yeah. Which I cannot see. Nope. And three is Rage Against the Machine. I've seen every other band that i've ever really 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 wanted to see yeah my big regrets were morphine it's probably number oh, one wow. because we were in boston yes, at the time they were around and i listened to them and loved them and just yep. and i was going to plenty i went to tons of concerts and i just never yeah never saw morphine and they played like the circuit right that's what i'm saying yeah probably could have seen them if i was really really trying to probably could have seen them four or five times and mm. you know they were around for a good three years during a college year actually they went all they were still around when we graduated they were um and beyond that i don't really know i kind of see everybody i want to see yeah yeah rage is one i haven't seen uh i saw the bc boys just once mm. but still that's one is, I, a, is a million times more than a lot of people yeah um yeah i don't know i, I mean, i've seen cream i've seen pink floyd mm-hmm. um yeah I, I see bands yeah you do <laughs> yeah you've seen way more than me but i haven't seen rage yeah i can't wait to see and, and like i said zach I mean, I've seen lots of footage and, and videos and, and shows with him, and he fucking brings it. Well, he did. I'm not sure how much energy he still has, but, you know, you can't half-ass a Rage performance. You cannot. At least you tell me. I guess I'll find out in about I a will. month or so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So that does it. That was a uh, great show talking about uh, are you a front man? Are you a lead singer? Are you both? Are you none? Uh, we will have a a show about the greatest frontmen of all time. Right, the kind of in, indisputable like frontmen. We tried yeah. to avoid most of them today and, and made it more of a, 
hey, let's throw this up for a question. Yeah, exactly. Versus guys that are clearly, obviously front men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll do that. Um, a couple other things that we were talking about um, for shows in the near future. One will be we want to do the the MTV Unplugged product. Yes, that'll be fun. Yeah. And I think another one is you know artists that you loved when you were younger that you hate now, yeah. and the vice versa. Artists you hated then that you love now, or when I say love and hate, those are relative terms. It yeah. could be you hated them and now you like them, mm-hmm. or you didn't really like them but now you love them type mm-hmm. of thing. And why? And why? Of and course, what? the yeah. whole show's about and why, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's going to be really fun. I, we were going to do that tonight. My buddy Bo was going to come. I uh, couldn't make it tonight, and he's hilarious. He's done shows with us before. Yeah, so we'll, we saved the show for Bo, and we're not going to. We, we could yeah. easily have done it tonight, but it's be way better with him here. Yeah, uh, and we'll. And I would like to get one more person because if we do it right, we'll do like a point system. Like we'll all guess: Is it? Did you hate it when you were young, or? Did you love it when you were young? And we'll do like a point system and whoever wins like has to do a beer funnel or something. Yeah, like well, that. hopefully we'll stores will be here too because I think you need at least four people to yes. do that because I know like I can't bring to the table more than three artists in total that I could say that I loved and now I hate or I hated and really? now I love. You, you, your tastes don't change? They do, but I didn't really hate that many bands. And of the bands I hated, I don't love many of them now. I still hate the Smiths. Well, <laughs> that's one and of I mine. And I never loved them before. That's one of mine. Well, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, but if you pick three and three or two and two, what they hated when you were young I, I and could, two I, when you loved I can, them. I can do two and two. That's, that's, I mean, that's all you need. Then you four times four, that's 16 songs. One, 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 only one of them I went from liking to hating. Another one could is probably a love to uh, eh. That's okay. That's cool, and we'll talk about. I don't why. want to name the bands. I know which ones they are. Yeah. You could probably guess one of them, but yeah, I do too. One of them you probably can't guess. The one that I used to like a lot, and now I hate. Don't I'm tell not, me. I'm not sure you'll be able to guess that yeah. one. No, and I, I'm uncomfortable even playing one of their songs, but <laughs> I will pick something that wasn't a major hit, just a minor hit, I guess. Well, we'll do that, and we'll figure out what the winner has to do, or actually, no, the loser. It'd be like whoever has the least points. We'll make them do something stupid. Listen for an hour of the stuff they hate now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. All right, that's harmonic headspace. Hey, we're out. We're off next week. Fourth uh, of July weekend. Everybody have a great long weekend. Yes, and we will see you in two weeks. And uh, again, Astro Prosty. This is harmonic headspace. We hope this was the icing to the cake that was this beautiful weekend. And we will see you in two weeks.
Yourself. Am I right? Am I wrong? You may say to yourself, I 